What I wanted to do today is I wanted to make a very brief video on negative cognitions. And again, there are so many different ways of saying uh, negative appraisals, ants, um, you know, cognitive, CBT has many different names for negative cognitions and so forth like that. What I want to do is I actually want to focus on an approach uh, from EMDR and that's typically my primary modality for treating trauma and trauma is interesting because you really can't approach it like you approach everything else. You can't outthink a negative experience because of how it stores itself inside of you. And one of the things that it does when it supplants itself in you is it stores in terms of experience and in your body and it, it creates like a lot of arousal. Like when you start reliving painful experiences, you feel it in your body. That, that's there's this brain body link that happens when you receive trauma. And this isn't just trauma. This is actually just about being skillful overall when people have negative things happen in their life. And what I find this is this is why I think the va the value of this, this video that I'm putting out here, at least it just kind of gives an overview is that we need skills. Sometimes it's not about will, it's about skill. And so I'm going to just briefly go through this, I'm going to put in the description, a link to where you can see what the negative cognitions are and you can start using them. There's negative and there's positive on this sheet here. And this is what I use. I mean, literally I use this every day in my practice. And ironically, I'm actually here in between clients at my office today. And, um, I just, I want to go through these just very briefly. Um, the first area, and there's four main categories of, um, negative cognitions. The first one is responsibility and defectiveness. So, Interestingly enough, the first two categories are responsibility, but they're different because the first one is about defectiveness in terms of who I am. So this is going to be identity. This is going to be shame. This is going to be, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve love. I'm a bad person. In other words, I'm the source of the badness. I am the problem. And when we have a trauma, notice when you, when you, the moment of the trauma, you're just experiencing it. But what ends up happening is when it stores itself and your brain kind of sorts it out and labels it, it will attach a message to it that you must understand. Part of all of this is about naming it. And so if I go through something, you think 2020, uh, you think of uh, the things that we've been through in the last couple of years, last four years, really, it has been extremely difficult. There's been many things that have happened and it makes a lot of people feel a lot of different things. You have to understand at least to help someone get to the other side of it where they're at you have to name it so when i'm talking with someone and i'm hearing that they are owning it and that their identity is the problem i'm thinking responsibility and defectiveness the next one is responsibility but action behavior so typically um identity has to do with shame behavior has to do with guilt right so this is i should have done something I didn't do something. I'm in, you know, I, I, I should have known better. That's a, that's a big one. Typically when I'm doing therapy is people feel like they should have known better. This is problematic specifically when you experience something in your kidhood, right? You experience something as a kid, there's no way you should have been able to prevent it or been responsible for it, but it lodges itself. And when we're an adult, that is an, an adequate, it's an inappropriate belief system, but it carry, we carry it inside of us. And so what happens is other things continue to happen and we kind of have this narrative in our lives where we feel inappropriately responsible, even though it is unrealistic and inappropriate that you should be responsible for that. And so when I'm talking with someone, I want to know, okay, as I'm listening, as I filter it, as I organize it, because trauma is a lack of organization. Trauma is chaotic. 
and a lot of our experiences are chaotic. I want to sort it into, okay, this person has got this responsibility wound and the message is action, behavior. The next one is safety and vulnerability. Uh, this one is this idea of I can't trust anyone. I can't protect myself. I'm in danger. I am not safe. I'm going to die. This one's very important specifically as it relates to COVID. Uh, when I've been working with people through their anxiety regarding COVID, for example, or it could be racial injustice as well, or politics. This is something that I'm finding is coming up specifically with COVID. And I, I the goal is it's not, oh, have you been vaccinated or how, have you been wearing your mask and all that? Okay, fine. All those are there. The real reality with this is people have unmitigated, they have unchecked anxiety around their health and COVID is simply bringing it out. It was there to begin with, or they maybe had a situation where maybe they didn't think about it before, but maybe they had an experience where they saw someone die or so hospitalized, whatever it is. And now that has lodged itself in people. I need to know that. We need to know that. You need to know that when you're talking with people, where, what they're saying, where it goes, because you can't help someone. You can't hit a target you don't have. The last category is power and control. When I'm listening for someone and what they're telling me about their experience, this one's important because this is the power and control. I'm not in control. I'm powerless. I'm helpless. And typically when we experience trauma, that's exactly what it is. Oftentimes there in our body is this paralyzed sort of bystander effect that our body's doing. And we can't, we, some people can't even move when they're traumatized, really dark, deep, painful stuff, guys, really. And I can't handle it. I have to be perfect. Please everyone. I can't succeed on and on. I'm a failure. I will fail. I can't trust my judgment. That's a big one. When you can't trust your gut. The, the point is, is in discipling relationships specifically, I just want to say for a moment, it is particularly important that we are skillful. And you'll notice for a lot of people, they will not engage if they feel like they are de-skilled or that they don't have the tools to be able to engage appropriately because they don't want to do any more damage. And what's the point in getting in there with someone who we don't know what to do? Uh, we don't know how to handle what they've been through. And so when I'm listening to someone, I'm thinking, wow, has this person felt stripped when this category of power and control, has this person felt like they have been flanked by life and they are not able to do anything about it? So when you think about these four categories, again, responsibility and defectiveness, this is about, I am the problem. Something's wrong with me. Responsibility and action. I should have done something, right? You see people, they're always owning things that are not theirs to own and they overfunction in their relationships, things like that. Safety and vulnerability. This is that idea of I'm in danger. And the message of the trauma has created an enduring, a chronic belief system that it's not over. Again, trauma wants to create a beginning, middle, and an end to everything that we experience. And unfortunately, when we don't get that end, we live in the beginning and the middle of it. And the idea of being in danger, even if it's not true, is in incredibly real to a person, especially when they're flooded with triggers all around them. And then power and control, this is where people have lost their agency. People have lost their ability to advocate. And you see this oftentimes with people when, they, when people feel they can't um, advocate for themselves, they protest. You know, you see it with kids, right? My 20 month 21 month old, he protests constantly because <laughs> it's that moment of I'm almost two and I don't know how to advocate all the time. And so let's protest, boom. Um, and then that just continues when we're adults, ironically. But those four categories, I want us to really buy in to new ways of thinking, even if it's not this, new ways of when you listen to people to skillfully handle what you're hearing. Again, 
Until your ears are trained, you'll listen, but you won't hear. And this consistently happens where we're, we're listening to someone and it's, you know, it's an exhausting process, but you're not hearing it. This is something that is very helpful in terms of helping us to hear someone's experience instead of just sitting there and listening and not getting it. I just want to say for a moment, my new website's up. I'm going to put a link in the description to that. I've got a newsletter that's going to be going out. Um, I've got uh, pretty much what I do on my YouTube channel. I'm just going to upload to my podcast and maybe expand some of it. Um, I've got a weekly blog that's going to be coming out. So on Tuesdays called Trauma Tuesdays, I'm going to be releasing a YouTube video and also um, I'm going to be releasing my YouTube video and the podcast. And on Trauma Thursdays, I'm going to be releasing the blog. This month, I've got some incredible guests coming on to my channel to join me. Uh, Steve Sandin, Steve Staten, um, Dr. Jennifer Conzen, Robin Widener are going to be joining. And we're all going to really kind of get a different look at trauma. I can't wait to interview them. It's, it's really going to be incredible. I look forward to releasing that soon. And so stay tuned for more.